0: welcome to the show everybody episode one of the waiver wired podcast i am your host jerry ferrara but i am not alone because you know what we needed somebody else qualified and certainly way better at fantasy football than me to join me joining me my co-host, Jennifer Piacenti. She's a host at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio and an NFL and MLB analyst at Fantasy Alarm, the qualified one of the duo. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on this this show.
1: What is going on, Jerry? I'm so excited to be here. I don't know if I'm more qualified than you, but I know that we're going to have a lot of fun. That's for sure.
0: But I got to ask you, so roughly... Yeah. How many fantasy drafts have you either had or are going to have so far?
1: Um, Roughly. Do, do I have to tell you? I mean, like, is this, like, I don't know. Should Jerry? I set the over under? Yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to go right. over under. It's just football. Okay. Obviously, right. it's football season. Over under, I'm going to say 6.5, and I'm going to take the over.
1: You would smash on that over. Yes. What kind of a <laughs> spread?
0: I don't even now. Now I'm embarrassed. I think I was so far off. I
1: think it's going to be 10 is what it's going to end up being right now. It's nine. It could end up as much as 11. Um, and to be honest, like I have to stop myself because there is a certain amount of management you have to do to win your leagues. Oh, you know what? I just thought of it. It's 12.
0: I just <laughs> what, you literally just off. got invited to one as no, we I were literally- doing <laughs> Um, two and a half minutes of a podcast, you just got four more invites for a fantasy league.
1: yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem.
0: So what ends up happening, I'm sure, which has happened to me in my three or four leagues, though, eventually you kind of either have someone you're rooting for or against every single week, right? That's like the fantasy yeah. nightmare. You know, how do you kind of manage that part of it?
1: So that is the hardest part. And so I try to build a lot of my teams to have some similar components so I can feel like I can always get behind those guys, but with levels of variation. So I'm pretty sure at least one of them will win. What I really hate is when I have to root against my real team, you know, like the Cowboys are, you know, versus the Rams and I'm just really needing Robert Woods to go off, you know, that's tough.
0: So here's the first rule of, for me, of fantasy football Mm -hmm. is do everything in your power not only to not draft a player from your favorite team, which is the New York Giants. I, I try not to draft anyone from New York. Jets, Giants, and I'll even rope in the Bills.
1: Wow. Is that even just though, so that you don't have to be conflicted?
0: Just not, just, I just don't like the vibe. So I'm an emotional player. And I'm going to okay. give everyone a little bit of my fantasy background. I'm a very, I go on instinct, emotion. I have never done well with any player in fantasy from New York that's including the Buffalo Bills. So it's a statewide problem. It's not just a citywide (laughs) problem for me. And uh, although I will say, Josh Allen in some FanDuel, you know, fourth quarter matchups where he goes crazy sometimes. like Last year he's putting up like 25 points in fourth quarters. That was pretty fun to watch.
1: Yeah, he had some, I think, two two or three really big games. One where he was like top four quarterback. I mean, here's the good news. Because we also have DFS and daily fantasy lineups, you can kind of like have your seasonal and still play Josh Allen once in a while or play Darius Slayton because you know he's going to have some big games. And are you really going to avoid Saquon Barkley? Wait! This means you're going to avoid Saquon Barkley. What if you have the number two pick, Jerry? What will you do?
0: We're going to get to that because that's a problem I don't want to have. Yeah. Uh, Quick little fantasy background for me. I am not employed other than this podcast by anyone else for fantasy (laughs) sports stuff. But I will say I have been playing all fantasy sports, baseball included, which was my first fantasy sport uh, since around 1991. I was about 12 years old. So I used to have to score. I was the guy who did all the scoring, but like the newspaper and a pencil and everyone was cheating and all that stuff. Cut to years later. So what is that? Almost 25 years in fantasy sports. I only have one Super Bowl victory to my name. How sad is that?
1: Oh, we're fixing that. I have that right now this year. You're going to bring home a ring.
0: And it it happened. I, I got my first ring two years ago. Before that, I didn't reach my first Super Bowl until about seven years ago. And this was one of those, you know, uh, air quotes like celebrity leagues, made it all the way to the Super Bowl, was favored in the Super Bowl. I lost to celebrity super chef Bobby Flay. And let me just tell you, and I love the man. He's a very nice guy, was not very nice in victory. He talked a lot of shit.
1: Well, you know, it's Throwdown with Bobby Flay. He has a show about that. I think that's what he's like made to do. And I'm sure he's put a lot of spice in that trash talk.
0: So here's where I'm going to need a lot of help this year, not only from you, but also from our listeners, uh, because how do I put this? In in those 25 years, I have never, in football anyway, I have never done an auction draft. Obviously, I know what an auction draft is, but I've been more traditional snake draft. This year, with your help, I need to turn the corner on that because it became apparent when I started bragging about my first ever Super Bowl victory to some of my other friends. And the minute they said, oh, auction league, I said, no, you know, 12 team snake league. They almost put an asterisk next to my Super Bowl. Like it didn't count.
1: Yeah. 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 I understand. You too. I I do. I understand that because Look, here's the thing with, with snake leagues. Everybody has an equal shot, right? I mean, you got your, your first round, your second round. You know you're going to get one of, you say you're in a 12-team team, 12-team league. You're going to get one of the top 12 players. You're going to get a Saquon Barkley. You're going to get a Dalvin Cook. You're going to get a Derrick Henry. It's going to happen. If you're in an auction league and you don't use your money correctly, you may miss out on one of those players if you're shy, if you're not aggressive. And it's all about, like, here's what's fun about an auction league guys, an auction league is like shopping.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, you know, like when you see, maybe you don't, but there's some ladies out there listening to this. You know, like when you see that really sexy pair of Christian Levitons and you really want to have it and and you decide, I'm going to spend a lot of money on those Levitons. You can, because then you can also get some really cool kids to go along with it and assemble the coolest team. You can get all your guys, if you want five pairs of Christian Lebuton and then you only have a few dollars left and you can only spend a buck on each pair of kids, you can do that if you want to. In a snake, you have to take the value as it comes to you. So if I want Zeke and Christian McCaffrey, I can have them in an auction league. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> have to, you know, dig a little deeper later to find like some deep, you know, people, Greg Ward or somebody to spend a buck on, but it could be worth it because I have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas. I could conceivably roster all those people if I'm willing to lower uh, my spending on the other players for their salary caps. So that's why I love an auction league because you get to be creative and you can get your guys. Because you have Saquon doesn't mean you can't get Zeke.
0: Well, I started asking around about two weeks ago, figuring it was early enough. We didn't even know, you know, if there was even going to be football for sure and what what football would be like. So I started asking around about two weeks ago to some friends who had auction leagues to no avail. Everyone, basically they're all filled up, but luckily because you are in 12 now 15 by the end of this podcast <laughs> leagues, you found an open spot for me in an auction draft. Um, I am excited, but without mentioning any names, just yeah. scale a one to 10 competition yeah. level. Pretty, it's going to be pretty fierce in this one. Comp-
1: huh? Competition is going to be pretty fierce. So you are drafting with some experts, oh, um, no. some pros in this league and some people that have just been playing fantasy sports a long time and are real good. And then just like some kind of regular players too. So it's a bit of a variation, but here's the thing. I can give you some scouting reports.
0: Well, that's where I wanted to go for a second. Right. Yeah. So the the thing that has kept me in fantasy for so long, obviously, is my love of football and all that. But also, I just love the camaraderie of a league. And uh, what I really, really miss is, you know, live drafts, which, you know, from, for me anyway, with my few leagues stopped being a thing, you know, maybe like four or five years ago, it just became so much easier to do it, you know, online. I'm hoping, and I feel like auction leagues set up really well for live drafts because you really get to read the room. It's like a hand of poker, right?
1: Oh yes, and that's what's so much fun. This league in particular, um, I do both the baseball and football. We have a live auctioneer that we fly in. We get a room in the back of a bar. He auctioneers everything. There is trash talk. There is strategy. There are tells. You see people start, you know, clicking their pen, and you're like, ooh. They're- <laughs> They're in on this guy. They're in on this guy. You figure out the tells. It's so much fun. But there is still some strategy, I can tell you, even doing it online. It's not quite as much fun. But hey, this league auctions in New York City. So maybe we'll be doing this live a year from now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be like Teddy KGB and Rounders just eating Oreos as (laughs) my tell when I'm like, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, $89. (laughs) So in all my mock drafts, though, here's a bad habit that I think I need to get out of. Okay. I like just jacking the price on people.
1: I like getting involved
0: on the bids, even though, and I'm sure that's a strategy, right? Just jacking up the bids on people.
1: Totally a strategy and I employ it as well. And I commend you for doing it. And I'm going to tell you who you can jack bids up on.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to talk off air on that because I don't know Mm -hmm. if we should mention names, Mm -hmm, but uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did a few, yeah. So I did a few mock drafts and um, it really got interesting for me. How I've always succeeded the few times I've actually gone far in fantasy football is, and that's why I think I like auction style more, is I don't like being the victim of, well, I got the fifth pick. I have to take this person here. The few times I've had success is when I said, no, I'm taking this player no matter what if he's available here, because that's even if it's two rounds early, because I just want to watch this guy play and and have him on my fantasy team. And that has always worked well than if I get... I don't want to say stuck in like a negative way, but if I take someone just because I'm, oh, you got the fifth pick, you have to go, you know, running back here.
1: Yeah, and that is exactly why you're going to like the auction league because of that exact reason because I felt like that too sometimes like well I need to get the best value here if I pass on Ezekiel Elliott at number three everyone's gonna laugh at me how can I pass on that running back you're right and that's the thing about an auction it's just it's just who you want you can follow the players and no one's gonna judge you for what round you took them in you know and there is some truth to the fact that you do need to take the value you do probably need to take a running back in the first round, depending on the structure of your league, depending on the scoring, but usually you do. Um, but there's also truth into the fact that if you're not having fun, why, why do do this? Yeah. You know and I think that's one thing we get we get all caught up in like winning and you know just the the numbers of it But as you said earlier, it's really about the camaraderie and the fun. And that's what I think this podcast is about is about uh, like Making a community and making it fun It doesn't matter if you're playing with Bob from accounting or your family league with crazy Uncle Al Or if you're just trying to beat your spouse in DFS lineups on FanDuel, you know We're here to like celebrate with you help you win the championship cry with you when you planted your hit. Hill, when you planted your flag in Brian Hill and he didn't come through for you last year, you know we're here to like support that and I think that's what's gonna be really fun about this
0: yeah it's it's kind of gonna be it's kind of gonna be your uh your fantasy therapy to a degree we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have two episodes a week for you guys. one is gonna be obviously your prep for getting you know getting you ready for your weeklies and your daily fantasies and stuff like that. and then we will have our kind of like memoratorium, I guess you would call it like our in memory of and recap the whole weekend because by Sunday night, uh, the emotions are just flowing. So we're going to be giving you guys two episodes a week and we're going to hopefully be getting you guys ready before the weekend. And then we could kind of recap. Now, in addition to my first ever auction, I am the the longest running league I'm in, which is based out in Hollywood, not Hollywood, like entertainment, like the city, had. like the league, our drafts were always in Hollywood, uh. It's a twelve-team snake, but it's a keeper league as well. You get to keep two players at no cost for draft picks. So just you keep your two players, and then you just we just start a fresh draft. So of these four, I'm going to kind of hit you right away for some for an opinion piece. Okay, of these four players, I have to keep two, and it's uh it is um it is a uh, uh points for catches, PPR. So it's PPR. I One yeah, point I blanked or half on point. PPR. Half point, so...
1: Half point PPR. Ooh, okay, Half so that point. definitely changes things. Okay, cool.
0: Okay, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl right. champion, former MVP. MVP. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on what was a down year for the Browns. Now, I have roots to Cleveland. My wife is from Cleveland, and uh, I wonder if I should just put the Browns in the New York category because they're my team-in-law. So I'm going to have to loop the Browns into that. Don't touch any of these guys. But uh, so Mahomes, Odell... Miles Sanders, who is very high on a lot of people's running back lists. I know he's already got a million like ambulance flags next to his name and he's already hurt and he had some injury issues and stuff like that. But uh, I have him and then a guy who performed really well. I always like to target a rookie. I targeted Josh Jacobs last year from the Raiders, performed just fine for I got him. was very, very happy with this performance. And I expect more of the same from him. So two out of those four, any early instincts for me?
1: Yes, I have instincts and I have a feeling they're what your instincts are as well. Okay. My two choices out of this list in a half point PPR are Josh Jacobs and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yes. You now, want me to tell you why?
0: Yeah. Give yeah. me the give me the one, the why nots and the guys. Okay. First. I'll give you the why
1: nots first. Okay, so OBJ. Um, listen, the Browns are gonna brown. Everybody <laughs> thinks they're gonna be so good every year. They're gonna brown. They're going to be the Browns. They're going to disappoint you. In addition, you have the the in-laws. I think you should quarantine them for that. I know the argument is, listen, he was dealing with the hernia, et cetera, et cetera. He's playing through injury. I get it. He is one of the best receivers in the game. But there's a problem in that clubhouse. Baker Mayfield, there's something off about that guy. I think his ego is just too much or something. There's a chemistry issue. I get that now they have you know, Stefanski there. But that also makes me think they're going to do more running. So I'm just not feeling OBJ. And I know that that's not a popular opinion in the industry. People love OBJ this year. But my guess is you can still draft OBJ if you put him back in the pool. If you if you throw any of these other other guys back, I don't think you'll be able to get him.
0: OK, I like that. Now, why not Miles Sanders, someone who everyone is very high on? Obviously, the Eagles backfield is always a kind of muddied place by committee to a degree, but why yeah. uh, are you not as high or are you just like the other guys better at this point? So
1: two reasons why. Um, one, we haven't really seen just exactly what you said. Doug Peterson really used a true workhorse back, so we're assuming that's really going to happen. I know the press is saying that, um, but we haven't seen that. Two, he's week-to-week, week, not day-to-day, day, with a hamstring injury. So it's possible he may even already miss week one. Now, in half-point PPR, part of what makes Miles Sanders so valuable is his catches. Well, in half-point PPR, shave a little bit more off of that. I would give him maybe a slight boost in PPR, but in half-point PPR, I'm giving the advantage to Josh Jacobs because of the end-zone capabilities.
0: What I love so much about your picks, and they're kind of lining up. I, 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 Mahomes was always in my instinct as someone I'm going to keep because it also just like it's just so nice to not have to think about the quarterback position at all and Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks now he's like this in weekly this is like a daily fantasy strategy I always try to use where you just want to get those teams involved that where the fourth quarter turns into like wrestling pro wrestling like WWE where the fourth quarters just go crazy those are the guys you want on your fantasy team where you're down by 21 going into the fourth not points fantasy points and you just know oh Mahomes got this he'll get me 22 in the fourth quarter and does so Mahomes was always on my list I also like not having to think about one position for the entire year but then to me and maybe I'm wrong about this obviously it's a pass first league receivers are so important and you know there's your elite receivers, and then it kind of tapers off. And then the middle of the pack is where it gets tough to decipher. But if you have a running back who is clearly the number one in a what is a national football league of shared workloads, justifiably so, because those guys get beat up a lot. Josh Jacobs certainly seems to me as the safer pick. He's the number one. He doesn't have tons of injury history, although he's very young yet. So yeah. so you, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call that in after we turn the mics off because I'm the last one to call in my keepers.
1: Yeah. And you know what? To back up your Josh Jacobs thing, here's the other reason I love Josh Jacobs. In PPR, people don't realize this, but even in PPR, he finished with one point more per game than Miles Sanders last year. But a lot of what he did was, you know, with his legs, he's come out and said he wanted to catch 60, you know, passes this year. We don't know if that'll happen. That's a bit aggressive, but here's the real thing. John Gruden doesn't really play around like, you know, some of those coaches, they come out and they say stuff. You don't believe them. John Gruden is not happy that Josh Jacobs didn't win rookie of the year last year and that Kyler Murray won it. And he is out to prove that he has the guy he's going to admit, he's going to, feed the ball to Josh Jacobs. And let's not forget, Josh Jacobs was playing through a separated shoulder last year. He missed a few games from injury, played through a separated shoulder, and he still had one more point per game than Miles Sanders and PPR. So for me, like exactly what you said, there are very few teams that really have a true workhorse back anymore. It's like Zeke, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook.
0: So, And that's why I also, like I said, you know, not having to think about quarterback, it's kind of a question I ask myself before every draft is like to QB or not to QB, you know, like you're either going to take Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, uh, it was for a while, Russell Wilson, like one of those kind of top three fantasy scorers, probably within the first, I don't know, four or five rounds of your draft, or you're just going to defer and say, all right, I'm going to deal with you know, that later, which I always usually do. I, I'm much more of like, I'm deferring on QB so you're late. because you know, you could get Phillip rivers. I mean, in years past, yeah. you know, you get Philip rivers, you get Matthew Stafford, these yes. are guys that will be available late that put up a ton of points. But again, I'm just taking, at least in this league, I'm taking that decision off the table. Um, something else I've been thinking about mm-hmm. a lot lately. Cause I always, this is what I think about the beginnings of every sort of season. You know, what, What catches up first is the, and usually with the NFL, it's usually the offense, is the offense good before the defense or vice versa this year? You know, obviously we're still Mm. dealing with COVID and, you know, I know camps are going on, but there's no preseason and obviously the fan situation in the, in the stadiums are going to be what they are and probably none for most of, if not all the season, who knows? That being said, I find myself thinking, okay, we got, they're going to pump some volume in, but. We have acquired a stadium, right? Now, is that advantage offense, like QBs, no problem on the road getting your signals out? Or is that advantage defense, like no problems here in the signals and it's a lot easier to steal? I don't know, but I'm banking on there being a lot of offense out of the gate.
1: I, I kind of tend to agree with you. and But one thing I, I, to your point, Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees is always so good in the Superdome, but what if there's no what if there's no fans there? Like, does that, have you thought about that? I mean, maybe that's not, that's not like technical fantasy analysis. That's just kind of an instinct where I'm like, is he going to be that good? I I wonder, I think that's going to kind of
0: have to be a wait, a wait and see, because usually every year there's always a player that kind of come. I always say there's always like a, an unknown MVP, a guy who comes out of nowhere and wins a lot of people, their leagues just Mm -hmm. by, you know, oh, I stumbled into this player in the fourth round or whatever. I wonder now if that's going to be some veteran players who maybe are just playing well earlier on because it, they're just not phased by anything. Who knows? And because but. of
1: limited camps, like you said. I mean, there's this was like one of the deepest um, rookie classes as far as talent. But like wide receivers and quarterbacks, they need time to develop. And camps have been shorter. There's been no preseason. People have missed practice for COVID reasons. So to your point, yeah, I think veterans may have the advantage. And I'm kind of tending to look that way. I'm drafting towards people that already have chemistry. Like, there was all this talk about, you know, in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, you know, he's going to be the guy, whatever. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just putting more eggs in Adam Thielen's basket, right? <laughs> I'm totally Adam Thielen.
0: Is there anyone going for that philosophy of saying, like, you know what, I'm just targeting this player no matter what. I want this guy on my team at some point. And I promise I won't outbid you or drive the price up in this auction league. But is there anyone that out of the gate, not having a lot of information shoot, we barely have hard knocks to even pull from right now. Uh, Is there anyone on these lists that just saying at some point in one of my 37 leagues, I really got to get this guy on my team.
1: Yeah. um, I already have a share of Christian McCaffrey, so it's not him. I have a share of Ezekiel Elliott, both of those guys I wanted. Someone I don't have yet. Um, which you guys are gonna laugh at this, is Allen Robinson. I want some Allen Robinson. That guy's a target monster. I mean, I don't like the Chicago Bears, but their offense goes through Allen Robinson. So I want a share of him. I think he's a fantastic veteran and I don't have either Mahomes or Jackson in any league. And I wouldn't mind having at least one where I give that a spin because I'm like you, I tend, I'd rather just wait and and stock up on running backs because there is so much talent deep at quarterback. Um, But I I don't yet have a share of one of those two superstars. So I may do that.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm looking, I'm looking at the receiver list and it gets real tricky right around. I mean, again, you could pull from whatever list you want, but right kind of around kind of like seven or eight off the board. Once you kind of get to Godwin and, and Hopkins stuff like that, then, you know, it really, you know, that's, we were talking about the Allen Robinsons and the feelings and, you know, it's going to be really tough this year, I think to really find the one that's going to kind of break out. And that's why I think that, Receiver this year is probably more important than ever. I mean, obviously we talked about running backs. Running backs are always important, but I just think that you need, and that's why I'm so curious how auctions going to go, more so than like the McCaffrey sort of Zeke Saquon thing. I think you need one of the five, like the Michael Thomas, Devontae. You know, Deion. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be great on Arizona. So there is kind of a fall off for me now as I go further down the list. And try and find those guys that might be of a cheaper auction price. And this does play for Daily Fantasy, too, because you always try to find those guys on FanDuel that are, you know, the 4,200, 4,500 sleepers. There's a few, I mean, Darius Slayton is someone, this is why I'm scared, because he's a giant, but he is someone that that falls right into that kind of, he could be your, like, stud number two receiver for a good price.
1: I love Darius Slayton. I think at the price he's going, he's a (sighs) steal. I'm not, I'm not going to convince you to do it, but I have a few shares because I think for the price, cause that's what it's all about, right? Like you were talking earlier about teams that put up a lot of points late. You know, if you're in the 16th round of a snake draft or you have a dollar, why wouldn't you take a shot and make call Hardman or Sammy Watkins, right? Cause those guys could have monster weeks for you. I mean, you're not going to play them every week, but you can look at who they're matched up against and be really smart. And you want those upside guys. Slayton. So here's a question. Actually, I was on Fanduel looking at early lines for Mm -hmm. um, some things, and I saw that to make the in to win the NFC East, the Giants are at plus fifteen hundred. So Daniel Jones, okay, he fumbles a lot. You know all of these things, but he's never played with all his weapons in a single game. He was never playing a game with Saquon, Shepard, Tate, and I mean they were never all healthy. So. 20 bucks would win you 300 bucks. Would you put a 20 on it?
0: See, you know, I kindly told you how I feel at the (laughs) beginning of the podcast. (laughs) I said, Jen, I really try to leave all all New York teams out. And you know how fired up? Because now I'm thinking Daniel Jones bulked up a little bit this offseason. He's no longer a rookie. You're right. He didn't have Tate. Guys were coming in and out of line. Ingram missed. I don't know how many games with, with injuries and stuff like that. Also, the Giants were doing some weird... I don't know if it was weird stuff. It was probably intentional stuff with Saquon where, you know, once the game was either decided that they were going to lose... Like, they just didn't really feed him the ball like they mm-hmm. probably could have. Mm-hmm. So now you got me thinking, God, would you say plus 1,500?
1: Yeah. Plus 1500. So seriously, just, you know, it's your team this way. You don't have to put them in your seasonal though, because you can just use, you can just do the line, right? That way you can like, but it's just, just like rooting for your team plus 1500. I mean, and I think there's, there's odds, which maybe you could put odds on them just to, to make the playoffs, which would be a little less, but that way you could kind of have a little piece of your team without having to draft them, draft them in your seasonal. I just think that there's a possibility that people are overlooking the Giants because they look like a team that's not going to win, but they haven't really seen the real team. And they've got, um, they've got Jason Garrett there now, right? So they're going to be stretching the field more vertically. I'm sorry. I'm totally – You are – re- I think. mean,
0: this is, this is turning into a Giants hype video. I'm sorry. I'm a Cowboys fan. i going to hate this.
1: For the record, I'm a Cowboys fan, and the Dallas offense is going to kill it. Oh, I think you're a Cowboys only-
0: fan. Yeah. Can
1: I stay? You know what? This makes sense
0: now. (laughs) Sal and all that. Now it all makes sense. This was not ever. You know, I didn't even think to ask. wasn't
1: disclosed.
0: I didn't even think. I should have asked for a full disclosure of. uh, Because now you see. Now I think you're messing with me. You get me all fired up. No. Uh, First of all, the NFC East. I mean, it's always a big giant, for lack of a better word, who knows, right? (laughs) I mean, you can go seven and nine and get in in the NFC East or eight and eight and get in in easily. So I don't think by any stretch you could say, maybe the exception of Washington, the Washington football team, that they're probably not going to get in. But as far as Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, yeah, you could say the Cowboys are the favorite, but the Eagles kind of have a little pedigree going up, but you can't sleep on even the Giants because that division is so weird and it has been
1: for a while. I agree. And that's why I was looking at that line and I was like, I mean, I don't know. I would kind of take the shot on that. It it kind of makes sense. And I'm a Cowboys fan, just to be clear. But yeah, I mean, the NFC East is... And remember, it's 14 teams to make the playoffs this year. So if you just even did the... So that's two extra teams going to make it. So if you just do playoff odds, I should look up that line too. Um, I think that that's also going to be favorable. So I don't know. I'm just saying maybe go over to FanDuel and throw a few bucks down.
0: Uh, is there anyone that you have on your mind that's a stay away for you for whatever your reasons might either statistically or situational or just overall feel? Are there besides yeah. just whatever teams you try to stay away from? Are there any players you're kind of like, I'm going to take a pass even if the, the price or position is right for this? You know,
1: until just recently, I was taking a pass on Joe Mixon because I was worried about the holdout. But now we know that that's fine. So he's kind of up a few in my mind. Mostly, it's just the people that are that are injured. Oh, I'll tell you who I'm taking a pass on Melvin Gordon.
0: Right. New situation for him.
1: It's a new situation for him. Everyone assumes he's going to be the leader in the backfield, but I don't necessarily think so. You know, Philip Lindsay's still really good. He was an over-1,000-yard rusher last season. You know, now reports are Melvin Gordon is having trouble acclimating to the altitude. He had a little rib issue. He wasn't that awesome when he came back. It took him a while to get back in sync last year. So a lot of people are taking Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm just staying away. I have absolutely zero shares of uh, – of
0: Okay, uh, I clearly have not played anything remotely close to high-level athletic sports in maybe <laughs> ever. You could say, but whatever my versions are. That being said, I have played some pickup hoops in Denver, in New Mexico, in Utah. The altitude situation is just real. real. I know we talk real. about it. It's just a thing we know. I was the same way. Like, how bad? But how bad could it really be? Is what I thought. And at the time, I was in pretty decent pickup basketball shape. You know, I could play eight, nine pickup games and be fine. And let me tell you, it is different. So when you hear that, it's kind of at first you might think like, "What? it's not the altitude. But no, I get it. I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I could see. I mean, you could count on him certainly going to have his games where he puts up monster numbers. The question is, is he going to do it week in, week out for 16 games? And yeah, that might be a very traditional split carry situation.
1: That's what I feel like, and this is just echoing the really good point you made earlier. There's not many teams that really have workhorse backs anymore, and that's why they are more valuable. Now, I'm not one of those people that says, you have to get two running backs in your first three rounds, you're going to lose. I don't believe that, but I do think you should give special consideration to those guys that are going to get the snap counts.
0: Do you go into auction drafts? Because I think this is already in my research that I've done. I've done a couple of mock drafts already, one of which I actually had mixed in because I read the... I You know, I saw the holdout news, and then Mart. I was like, all right. And I was in great position. Um, I think I ended up with, like, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon. Uh, nice. I think I got Aaron Rodgers for a buck, which was... Good. I mean, a buck? Is Aaron Rodgers really going to go for a buck?
1: Yeah, he is. I'm not, uh, first of all, the Green Bay Packers failed their NFL draft. I mean, like, in F. They didn't get him any weapons. All he has is Devontae Adams, which... By the way, to your point again earlier, Devontae Adams needs to be flying off the draft board earlier. He's going to get all the attention. And sure, there's going to be Alan Lazard and maybe some other people. But like, really, that's Devontae Adams' show. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have the weapons around him to really be successful necessarily. And they're not backing him up. I mean, they went out and reached. They didn't just get a quarterback. They reached for a quarterback (laughs) when they could have gotten a wide receiver. I mean, so I think there's issues, and I think people are worried about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to have great weeks? Yeah, especially if Devontae Adams is healthy. There's going to be great weeks. But you'll be able to get him for a dollar because people are nervous. Um, You can probably get really good quarterbacks for $4 or less unless you want, like you said, Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson, Prescott, Murray. Those would be the in
0: And in like a $200 salary cap, those guys Mm -hmm. go for somewhere in like the what? You know, the first quarterback off the board was uh, Watson, believe it or not.
1: Watson. I love Watson. Well, someone just
0: proposed him and I think he went for like $38, which I thought was.
1: That's too high.
0: That's too high, right? It's
1: too high. It's too high for any quarterback. Because now that it's too high for Deshaun Watson, I adore Deshaun Watson. I think I proposed to him on Twitter last year. Not sure he (laughs) saw it, but don't worry, Deshaun. I'll do it again. He's You'll listening. No, do
0: it now. He's listening. Deshaun is a listener.
1: Uh, <laughs> Deshaun, yeah, tune in. I absolutely adore him. Um but it, 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 you shouldn't ever spend that much on a quarterback period in my opinion. I, even if it's Lamar Jackson and I know people say but Lamar Jackson's also my number one running back. Okay, but then if he gets injured, you lost your number one running back and your quarterback. Right. So then that's you're very costly to your team to replace. Do
0: I need to have like a like a $5 or less kind of menu, like yes. you know, like pulling up late night to a jack-in-the-box? Like, do I need to have like a $5 <laughs> and less menu that of like, okay, I know if I get into trouble yeah. and if I do like, because I feel like yeah. I am totally suspect to reach on a play. I'm going to like not have a running back for a round or two and get really scared and overbid on someone. That's what I'm afraid of.
1: And that's exactly what you need to do now. I never called it menus, but I think I'm going to start to now because that's brilliant.
0: You can have Always- that.
1: I always just call it tears. Like, I have my tears and then I have my dollar days players. So, those are the ones that I'm willing to go and just spend a dollar on. Now, one trick don't get down too low in money that when you nominate at the end, if you nominate a player you want for a dollar, someone else ha- always has one more dollar than you and can take right. them off the board for $2. What you want is to have the $2. So, if someone else nominates for a dollar, you can always snag that player. That being said, Having the hammer in an auction isn't always ideal. You don't wanna leave the auction with money on the board and be like, oh my God, I had seven more dollars. That's the worst feeling. So don't be afraid to spend at the beginning and go to your dollar menu. That's exactly what you should do. Take the $5 and less players and there's some good ones down there. Really, you could probably get, I mean, Steven Sims Jr. And I know Washington football team is gonna stink, but he is the number two receiver there. You could probably get him for a buck.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm already getting nervous. I'm are not even going to lie.
1: It's going to be so fun. I,
0: I'm excited, but I, I I just wish I had a beat. I'm going to definitely need a little bit of the the kind of quiz on the personalities that are going to be there and what to expect. Um, I always try to throw a few, you know, rookies like I did last year with Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, and I, I think, you know, it's a really interesting rookie class, I think coming in, obviously, you know, Clyde Edwards is someone that is on everybody's list and that's going to be the real, you know, someone's either going to be genius or, or not. Cause if, you know, someone's going to take him early and if he pans out, then, you know, a lot of teams are going to be made, but yeah, I'm looking, it's, I'm looking down the list a little bit and I don't see a ton at running back that really kind of make me say, all right, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor might be someone that For you should sure. kind of put on that list, but there might be a little, you know, Marlon Mack is still a thing. But are there so any yeah, rookies to you that you kind of target?
1: So sticking with running backs, um, I think there's four that are worth mentioning. One is Clyde Edwards-Helaire, obviously, which you already mentioned. Who you're right, it's either going to make or break your team. Probably we assume he's going to have a big piece of the Kansas City offense, but we could be wrong. They could go sign Leonard Fournette tomorrow. We don't really know, right? We're Devonta Freeman, who, we, but we're pretty sure it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire and. Who doesn't want a piece of that offense? But people, please don't draft him before Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, people that we know can do this. I've seen that happen. It's crazy.
0: Okay. You brought up something interesting there. Yeah. So one of my biggest, and if we're going to go now, let's let's tune into our, our fantasy therapy portion of the show for a minute. Yes. Uh, and if you were my therapist, I would be walking into your office, sitting in a chair and say... What are you here for, Jerry? I am here because I still keep emotions from fantasy years past. I love Dalvin Cook. He's a fantastic player. His injury two years ago, and I think he even got hurt last year, it just devastated me to a point where I don't know if I could take him. And this is not based on, well, I don't trust the injury. He's a stud. He's an amazing player. But... I just I think I had him two years in a row and it just didn't pan out. And I I find it hard to detach from that. So as my fantasy football therapist for this session, are you saying should I just live in the moment and if Dalvin Cook's there, just take him and forget about the past or should I, you know, trust my my instincts and let my scars be out there?
1: I'm saying you should definitely check in with the little voices inside you. And if those little voices inside you say this is going to hurt more than it's going to feel good, then don't do it. If you're at a place where you can take Dalvin Cook, then you're probably at a place where you can also take Derek Henry and it'll make you feel better. Remember, this is about having fun. Now, that being said, remember (laughs) people can change if you give (laughs) them a chance so keep your eye on Dalvin Cook. Also, you can't win a fantasy championship by not taking big shots. But if we're talking a first round player, you're still getting a really great player anyway. So if it's that kind of a thing, don't do it. Stay away.
0: Well, I need to know if I am putting the Cleveland Browns into my don't take any Cle- because. The player that I do have on my list, the player that I was early on, and I made the mistake two years ago in this keeper league I referred to earlier, which also I'm going to say, there's a real NFL player in this league who will rename, remain nameless. This guy is trolling me, a former Super Bowl champion. He has not won anything, and he's been in the group chat just, just torching me for whatever reason. I don't know why. I had a bad year last year but I don't know why he's torturing me. But anyway, two years ago, I, I drafted Nick <laughs> Chubb. I was early on that, and um, nice. I didn't keep him. I had a chance to keep him as my oh, keeper in this diet. league, and I let him go, and then he was then used against me. Very, I, I went 0-2 versus the guy who had Nick Chubb. But that's someone I really, wow. I, I think, and again, I'm sure the price on him in an auction will be high, um, and he's definitely going to be kept in in this Keeper League, but, um, yeah, and, you know, I know they got Kareem Hunt there. I mean, how much more time does Kareem Hunt get versus, you know, we saw what Nick Chubb does as the true number one running back. He was fantastic last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Kareem, you know, Chubb is definitely the number one running back. The issue is right now he's still in concussion protocol. So at least for the first week or two, people might be a little nervous about him. Uh, I don't think you have to get Kareem Hunt if you get Nick Chubb the way that I think you have to get Alexander Madison if you get Dalvin Cook. Right. Um, And I think Kareem Hunt has standalone value because of his catchability. I think Chubb's the second round pick um, as a running back. I like him a lot. But I don't think you have to go crazy for Nick Chubb, especially with the concussion situation and the fact that Kareem Hunt is going to eat a little bit into his production. He he hasn't played a full season. I mean, last season, we didn't have a full season of Kareem Hunt. Once Kareem Hunt came back, guess where all the goal line you know, work was? It was Kareem.
0: So m- some of my, my most favorite, I was talking about earlier, especially in like some FanDuel daily fantasy stuff or weekly, like, having those fourth quarter, just wild card teams. Tampa Bay bucks were one of those teams for me. Like if you had Godwin or Mike Evans, like you just, uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. What like, you just were never, you were never out of a game. It was like a fighter having like just an amazing knockout punch that at any point can win the fight. This is the first time. Like, I think I'm a huge Julian Edelman fan. I think he's a good receiver. Uh, I enjoy Tom Brady the way everybody does. Like I appreciate the greatness that is Tom Brady, obviously. I love to root against him. It's super fun. As a Giants fan, it's awesome. I had a chance to work with him on Entourage. He did a cameo that uh, was pretty cool of him to do. He did it on really short notice. And uh fun part of that story is that was an episode of Entourage centered around uh, a golf match that was initially supposed to be the Vincent Chase character and his brother, Johnny Drama, versus Eli and Peyton Manning. From my memory, they had solicited our creator, Doug Ellen about wanting to be on the show, and then Doug wrote that whole storyline, and then about three weeks away from shooting, they pulled out. And that's a pretty big deal on production. Like, that's a yeah. whole episode that does hinge on them being in it. So one of the, I guess, really, I mean, many great reasons and strong suits of Mark Wahlberg being your executive producer As I remember he kind of and we were talking to him about the situation and he said uh we want me to call Tom and we're all just kind of looking at each other like is he talking about what? Tom Brady <laughs> yeah you want me to call Tom like yes you should definitely call Tom Brady and on like less than two weeks notice Tom Brady said yes showed up to work. And this was also coming off the year of his knee injury where he missed the whole entire year. So no one had seen him play football in like a year and a half at this point. And he couldn't have been nicer. I know some of you listening oh. are probably still like, Tom Brady sucks like He couldn't have been a nicer guy to us, to the crew, to everybody. Now he's got an extremely dangerous offense, right? Yep. What could we expect fantasy-wise from Tom Brady now his numbers on the fantasy side of things have declined over the years just lack of weapons or just natural aging process but man does he got some juice on that offense now
1: yep yep and so incredible points right so he's been playing and he's been winning he was at a Super Bowl you know in two thousand and eighteen with no weapons right i mean injured i mean he basically as you mentioned julian edelman that's about it you know sony michelle didn't even pan out last year with foot injury and all of this is just a mess and he still was able to lead them to a winning season and of course the debate has always been brady or belichick brady or belichick who actually wins we're gonna find out super interesting he now has the two best receivers on the same team i mean you could argue I could argue that Cooper and Gallup of the Cowboys compete oh, with them. But boo.
0: boo. I know.
1: But Godwin and Evans, both more than 1,000 yards, ridiculous. Gronk, he's got um, Cameron Brate as well. He's got Jordan Howard, who I know kind of always underperformed. But like the guy is just, they're flush, flush with talent. And Tom Brady has something to improve. Tom Brady will absolutely finish as a top 10 quarterback this season. Is he going to give you the really long throws? Probably not. But can he get the ball into Chris Godwin's hand? Yes. And we know we can get it into Gronkowski's hands. Yes. And they're going to be playing and they're going to be playing hard. And I'm I'm not sure that I favor the Saints anymore, especially if they can't finish this deal with Alvin Kamara now holding out. Um, I think it could be Tampa Bay. And actually, I looked at the line this morning on FanDuel. For them to be NFC champs, it's plus 750. I'm putting a 20 on that
0: you are getting me all fired up on these features
1: yeah i mean i'm just saying like it's just a little fun right what else are we doing guys
0: okay so brady top 10 all right so is brady auction draft wise because you can see where i'm trying to wrap my head around and we're Mm going to recap my whole experience with an auction hopefully later this week the draft is what uh, tomorrow, come, night. N- tomorrow night. So yeah. we will recap our teams. Obviously, um, Jennifer will probably have a much better team,
1: Devil. or I'll get
0: really, really lucky. But so Brady, I like how
1: he's all humble. Like I don't know anything, and everything he's saying is like, super
0: I lower smart. the bar. That's how I'm I've just, pretty like, repeating much. I pretty much have gotten through life by lowering <laughs> people's expectations. All I got to do is jump over a very low step to the- to just just say, "Wow, oh, not 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 terrible." Tom Brady. Auction-wise, is I'm just, I guess the reason why I brought him up is that's someone in my auction experience. I don't know what he will go for. What
1: the value would be. Right. Personally, I wouldn't spend more than 5 to $7 on Tom Brady because I don't think that he will be incrementally that much better than, say, like you said, a Matt Stafford. In fact, I probably think he won't be better than Matt Stafford. He won't be better than Matt Ryan. Um, I don't think. I think both of those guys have more arm strength and might put up bigger numbers. Um, I think they're kind of all there together. So I would say he's going to finish as a top 10, but there's a big drop-off once you get past number five as far as price, and you'll see I that just, wedge.
0: I'm just, again, I'm going back to the fourth quarter wildness, and then I'm looking at that division. Not that Tom Brady had, like, tons of defensive Anthem. stoutness in the AFC East. But, you know, the Bills for the last couple of years weren't an easy team to match up with defensively. The Jets are always a little frisky on defense at times. You know, I mean, that def- that, that division just seems like shootout written all over in every game.
1: It it does. I mean, and and he has the weapons to do it. So that's why I I agree. I think he's going to be top (sighs) 10, but I don't think that's going to be reflected in the auction price.
0: See, but that was a test, Jennifer. I just tested you You because you're my you're my fantasy therapist. And I told you I'm emotional about this stuff. And I just told a heartwarming story about Tom Brady. And now I clearly want to draft him based on pure emotion. I just talked myself <laughs> into it.
1: You didn't. I helped talk you into it. You asked me where I thought he would finish. And I honestly said, I think he will finish as a top 10 quarterback. Oh, my God. Am I
0: drafting Tom Brady? Oh, I feel oh. it. Ha- I just felt it happen. I made the decision in my brain. I'm building my team around, around
1: Tom Brady. I'm trying Brady. to think so,
0: maybe I can get Evans for a good price actually, I was early. Thinking maybe you want
1: to stack it a little bit. I would say don't get fooled by that Keyshawn Vaughn rookie buzz that was going on earlier. Guys pass on that. If you read that anywhere, I would, I would pass on that. He hasn't looked good in camp. We were talking about good rookies earlier. If you want to get a rookie running back, I'm looking at Cam Akers over there in LA, you know, Henderson's banged up Gurley's gone. Um, and the other one that they've said is going to get week one work, JK Dobbins in Baltimore. We know they're a run heavy game. So those are the two guys. Oh, and Jonathan Taylor, who you also mentioned, that yeah. guy is a beast. He tore up college football. But Marlon Mack isn't gone, as you said. I think it will be a little while before Jonathan Taylor takes over the backfield. Does he have the talent? Yes. But so, you know, I've seen him going in the second round sometimes, you know, maybe just, you know, be aware that it could be a while before Jonathan Taylor takes off. Those are the rookies. And I do feel a little more comfortable drafting a rookie running back than a rookie-wide receiver. I think they're easier to plug and play. Receivers sometimes take a little longer to get the chemistry. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would go with running well, backs. Well,
0: as as- sticking on the kind of... I mean, this is this has to do with Tom Brady. So the few guys of note that are in new places, the change of scenery guys, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, Tom Brady's the biggest name in that can you look about philip rivers who yes. you know interesting plays always an interesting fantasy name because he's usually picked down the line but always puts up some monster games at least for I stretches
1: got a, i got a sleeper pick
0: all right wait hold on okay. let me let me I got wake a myself secret <clears throat> can we always talk about sleepers though in okay, a hushed okay, tone go like a this quietly. all right sleeper tone
1: sleeper pick late round 13th round tight end if you don't take one early jack doyle Pin it, people. Jack Doyle. Phillip Rivers loves to target his tight ends. He loves big body receivers. Also, I like Michael Pittman Jr. after the first few weeks of this season. Jack Doyle is an end zone monster. And Ebron is gone. Trey Burton is injured. Jack Doyle is not going until the 13th round. And he's going to be a starting tight end. Why is everyone sleeping? I don't know. But everybody listening to this is probably now going to jack up the price and we can't get him
0: uh, uh Jim, jim if everyone's listening though we might Ruined have to it. cut this out because i don't know if i want people <laughs> i mean I, I i was aware but like it's the sort of thing like it's like candy man you don't want to say the name out yeah. loud because he's gonna pop up i don't want yeah. i don't want that information out there i mean it's yeah. good to give to the listeners i think that's really unique obviously yeah i mean philip rivers and his tight ends go mm-hmm. back to i mean you always could say Antonio Gates maybe made Phil rivers or vice versa. They were just a perfect team. They they were perfectly suited for each other. Uh, that was my funny also, like we talked about hard knocks earlier yeah. and it's been, you know, obviously they're, they're doing their best. And it is interesting to see how teams are functioning in quarantine and social distancing times and all that. Like you just see that added level of safety that they're taking on. But I loved when the head coach of the Chargers was talking about that to the tight end who they cut and got pissed off when he's like, he's talking like he's damn Antonio Gates. I I don't know. I just (laughs) thought like Anthony Lynn with the Gates reference. That was someone, Antonio Gates, man. We're going to do some historical. I'm an old man, Jen. So we are going to do some historical fantasy facts. Antonio Gates pretty much was at least that I can remember. Maybe, uh, maybe Tony Gonzalez was a little before. yeah. But the tight end that everyone reached for first that then started the tight end avalanche. It would always go chalk for the first round and a half. And then you get to that point where you're like, okay, all the good running backs are gone. There's a few good receivers left. You know what? I'm going to get best available at their position. I'm going to take Antonio Gates now. And then everyone would then panic after Gates would get taken. And that's where all the tight ends would start rolling yep. off the board. So... Uh, Shout out to Antonio Gates. He is a fantasy football Hall of Famer, in addition to being an NFL Hall of Famer, one of my favorite tight ends of all time. I like the Jack Doyle pull, and I think there's some value with Philip Rivers, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a lot of weapons, you know, with the Chargers for sure, but he, he's definitely got some weapons here. I mean, if T.Y. Yeah. Hilton stays healthy, that could be fun.
1: And he has a better O-line, a much better O-line.
0: Monster O-line, yeah. Right?
1: So I mean, Philip Rivers again. If you get if you get stuck, guys, and you have to take Philip Rivers, yeah. Well, what you got back and what you gained in receivers and running backs earlier in your draft is probably completely worth it. It's not a bad deal. Listen, it may not even be bad to get stuck with Gardner Minshew now that Fournette is gone, because you know he's going to have to throw the ball to somebody. DJ Chark, they're going to be coming from behind all the time. Dee, Dee Westbrook is going to get more targets. You know, there's there's a lot there. So that's why I really like what you were saying. Like, you know, with quarterback, I think it's generally good to wait, but you're being able to keep Patrick Mahomes and not even worry about it at all. You are going to skate through your draft. You're going to skate.
0: Good. Cause I could use a stress free one. and shout outs to garden Mishi with the campaign of "What is was it, draft oh me God. and I'll send you a case of Brilliant. beer.
1: Brilliant. I, I want to draft him, him just
0: for that. I want him to personalize my case of beer I would like to draft him just for that.
1: Uh, Gardner Minshew, would you like to come on our show um, and bring beer?
0: I was in early on. it. <laughs> let me tell you, I not only was I was in on the, fir- the little win streak they had when he first came in, I just I uh, especially in like my picks pools and stuff that I'm in, like when there's a little bit of new blood at quarterback, obviously you don't root for the injuries or whatever. But when. When he kind of came in, I'm like, oh something about this guy. He he's just looks cool. like a gamer. I was riding Jacksonville for a little while there and then uh, yeah. it all kind of came to an end. But I'm I'm a big fan of his and uh some other guys too of you know new places and new faces, you know. Obviously DeAndre Hopkins, I mean uh, yeah, because you know, he was always the obviously he's so talented, but you know, he and mm-hmm. obviously he had Watson too, so it was an amazing pairing, but they keyed in on him so hard. So I guess before we start wrapping up, I want to kind of finish with DeAndre Hopkins and then also transition to now is the the keys fully turned over to Will Fuller. And if he actually stays healthy, where does he kind of rank? And what is, because everyone's very high on Kyler Murray, DeAndre, you know, is he going to be of typical Hopkins stats?
1: I think that they're going to have to target DeAndre Hopkins all the time after they made the trade for him. And they have a, a very talented quarterback in Kyler Murray, who's in his sophomore year. He should improve. He also makes plays with his legs, but that is an air raid defense. It is, it's, they're going to be throwing the ball everywhere. Cliff Kingsbury is just going to put it in the air. And why wouldn't you when you also have Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, so many weapons. I think that, I don't know that it will necessarily add up to them winning, but I think it will add up to good fantasy points now. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be as good with Kyler Murray as he was with Deshaun Watson. I think they had a special chemistry and they had time to develop it. And I also think he kind of had less competition in Houston. He was the clear number one guy. He will be the clear number one guy in Arizona too, but you still do have Christian Kirk fits there. I do think Kyler Murray goes up hop goes down just a little bit now to talk about Will Fuller
0: that's one of my that's one of my emotional picks right there he has won me games and he is straight up like where did he go Oh, he left he's gone but I love Will Fuller I have emotional (laughs) attachments to him
1: Will Fuller has to be one of the absolute most valuable receiver. I mean, sorry, talented receivers in the game. He runs so quickly. He gets, he's just, you know, he can have a three touchdown game. I think he had a three touchdown game last season. And then it happens to be that he's made from glass. So he just breaks the next week. You know, it's such a bummer, but here's what's coming out of camp. You know, they went and got Brandon cooks, a guy who Mm -hmm. has five concussions. He hasn't been that good in camp is what they're saying. I think Fuller emerges as the clear number one. And now with no Hopkins there, I think he's going to try really hard. I just think you have to know that you're probably only going to get, you know, nine games out of Will Fuller. But, and, and price it that way, value it that way, as far as when you take him. But if you get a full 16 games out of Will Fuller.
0: You're 16 and L then. (laughs)
1: yeah exactly like you're done and and i love will fuller and i'm gonna take a shot on him as long as it's not sooner than the fifth round
0: okay so let's break down my my team going in uh based off this podcast tom brady (laughs) will fuller (laughs) darius slayton uh i'm gonna try godwin i'm gonna get godwin that's gonna happen uh josh jacobs uh, yeah, that's basically, and maybe, um, I don't know, maybe we one did, more Jack running Doyle back. and well, Jack Doyle, that's yeah. it. I don't even need the second running back.
1: I mean, you kind of don't actually. That's a pretty baller team.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, Man. I already I'm sweating right now and it's cause I'm, I'm already like, <laughs> you know, three drafts this week. <laughs> so um, exciting. do you have a draft today?
1: I have a draft tonight. Yeah. the to, Um, it's a big league. It's well, it's not a big league. It's like a $350 buy-in a lot of Great players, great great players in it. Scott Engel and and Adam Ronis and like some, um, you know, experts. Whatever. It's the Greenwich Street Tavern League. It usually drafts the Greenwich Street Tavern in New York City, but unfortunately, obviously, we're not in New York. City. Are we? Are so. you
0: zooming the? I mean, is that the new? Are we zooming so, these drafts now? Is that what we're doing?
1: Most of them are, but I have to tell you guys, like, I don't love the Zoom draft because I just kind of like get in the zone. And unless it's like a live auction, we're having fun and we're drinking and all that, then like the Zoom just kind of distracts me because it's also on the computer. So I'm trying to like draft on the computer and on the computer. And I think I end up like showing you up my nose and like, you know, like all these things I'm doing, that are just really unattractive on a Zoom. And it's just, yeah. So So it's it's not a Zoom tonight, but I think they want to do a Zoom tomorrow.
0: I might try something different in this auction league you invited me to. So anytime, and this goes across even like pickup sports, if you're the new person, if you're the new guy Mm -hmm. or girl in a fantasy league or even a pickup game, I think it's like an unwritten rule. You're either one of two ways. You're either like quiet and respectful. You know you're the new person. You don't want to make any waves. You're just happy to be there. Or you're kind of already coming out as like, the enemy kind of cocky guy who everyone hates, right? Those are the two personalities. I always a hundred percent of the time go with the humble, hey, I'm just happy to be here. I already thanked the guy running the league. I said, thank you so much for having me. But you know what? I'm kind of bored of that. I'm bored We're of gonna- that. Now, I'm not saying I'm ever gonna be, I don't know if we could curse on this podcast, but I don't know if I'm ever just gonna be an outright asshole to anyone. It's not in my nature, but. My goal might be to at least bring 2020 version of trash talking back to fantasy football. Just a little bit. I kind of miss it. I used to be that way. And now I've been looking for new leagues and stuff. I'm the new guy. I play nice all the time. So I'm wondering. But again, I know I'm representing you here because you invited me. No, no, no.
1: I I fully, fully endorse all trash talking. And I know that there are a few other people in our league that also enjoy the trash talking. Uh, It's like, you know.
0: So there's just, rules to the shit, like
1: rules, but, uh, it's
0: the same. I that's get so it.
1: If you don't, you I co-authored
0: it. rules in my pickup basketball game. Yeah. Like rule one: don't get personal. You just don't get exactly. personal. You want to talk about my team or how, how, like anything having to do with fantasy football? Great. The minute, like, just don't get personal and talk about appearances or family members or sore exactly. subjects.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And other than that, I say bring on the trash talk. It's it's more fun that way. All and right. I like to call people by their last name. You know, like when I'm like Colton or Wolf or whoever I'm talking to so I can like really call him out cause like, you know, so you I'm, I'm going to
0: bring the, the, I'm going to stir the pot. Let's just say, I'm going to be the oh. straw that stirs the drink. Like Reggie Jackson said, in 1978, I believe that's how old I am. Um, okay. Last thing, we're going to wrap it up here yeah. on waiver wired, but the last thing, so we went through therapy, we kind of laid out our agenda for the year And that's why I can't wait for the season to start so we could kind of start really digging in the last bit that I will need some help with. And I will even need our listeners help on this because it's all hands on deck. (sighs) My wife plays Daily Fantasy often uh, on FanDuel, not even like a shameless plug, like legitimately on FanDuel, like on her own. And... She is the straw that stirs a drink. She talks the most trash out of anyone. Like in this old podcast I had with Fantasy Football and FanDuel, we had our own FanDuel uh, weekly game for the listeners. And we're going to try to do stuff like that this year. We're going to have a bunch of fun weekly games on FanDuel for you guys and girls to participate with us, hopefully. And uh, so my wife and I just out of nowhere, like two years ago, she challenged me. She's like, you know, because we played in this four 500 person league. None of us were winning, but we had a few top mm-hmm. fives. She's like, you know, I'm better than you at at FanDuel. I said, well, I mean, maybe you've had some good, you've had a good go of it, but like you've only been doing it for a year. I mean, you're fine. You're good for a year. She said, hundred bucks head to head this coming week. I said, Bree, I don't want to take your money. I mean, ultimately it's going to the same place, which is great, but like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a thing of it. She said, no, no, I want you to, let's do it. Sure enough we did week 1 and she beat me. Great. I clapped it up. Awesome. Like total bragging rights. Let's run it back. Week 2. She beat me. Okay. You can't do it 3 times. Cut to 2 years later. Lifetime. I think she's 13 and 2 versus me. I have to go on a monumental head-to-head fan duel run against my wife. The honestly, the pride of my house is on the line.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, can I just say, uh, did you win the lotto of wives? How cool! Is she? <laughs> I I did. But, by you the way, be like, yeah.
0: I mean, talk on. about outkicking your coverage. That yeah. I mean. That's me all day. She sounds
1: amazing and I want to hang out with her all the time. Um, so but what do I do here? I think that I have to help you because we're on the we're on the podcast here. So it's a little hard because you know, sisterhood, but I, I think we have to we have to get you winning. We have to at least Yeah, make 50. because the
0: yeah, and the unique part of what we do is because we're also super impatient, is we do one o'clock games only. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the draft pool is shrunk down to smaller. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. And we want that instant satisfaction so we could talk trash to each other for the second half of the day. So wrap your head around that. It's going to be the uh, I used to call morning games because when I was in L.A., but it's going to be the one o'clock games. And man, she she goes about it like she's doing like a thesis for college. She's just like she puts on like glasses and stuff. And it's annoying. But now it's like (laughs) she's in my head she really is in my head.
1: All right. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to turn this around because I think, yeah, maybe it's like, you know, you don't want to, what she may have done is woken the sleeping bear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Uh, So yeah, um, we're going to do some fun stuff on FanDuel this year. And uh, I will, we will be back, I guess, later this week to talk about uh, my first ever auction league. Right.
1: I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun.
0: And I've been thinking about a cool sign off. We got to come up with a cool sign off for the podcast. Like I yeah. want to, for I guess I want to just wind down and say thank you to everybody for listening. Jennifer, thank you for uh, doing this with me. Fantasy football and fantasy sports is obviously a passion of ours, so it's really cool to kick mm-hmm. it and talk about it. And I guess I want to take this moment to just wish everybody luck. This is like the fun part, you know. Ten weeks from now, we'll we'll probably still be already getting wanting to be drafting again so this is this is draft week for most of us so i want to wish everybody good luck with your drafts (sighs) we're gonna get through this guys we're gonna get through this season
1: we're doing it together
0: all right guys you can follow me on twitter and instagram at jerry ferrara
1: and i'm jen piacenti you can follow me on twitter and instagram at jen piacenti j-e-n-p-i-a-c-e-n-t-i
0: Thank you guys for listening to the first ever Waiver Wired podcast. In the can, more to come.